Hi everyone, it is now 5 p.m. on this Wednesday evening in Kingston, and you're listening to CFRC 101.9 FM, www.cfrc.ca. Welcome to this week's segment of Today in YGK with me, your host, Alexandra Fernandez. Today in YGK brings you need-to-know news about what's going on right here in our beautiful city of Kingston. From current news, special segments, and interviews with some amazing guests, I'm sure you'll find something of interest that gets you to tune in. If you have any news to share, be sure to contact me via email at news at cfrc.ca. So without further ado, let's get right into it. I hope you enjoy the show. Hi everyone, you're tuned in to CFRC 101.9 FM. It's today in YGK. I'm your host, Alexandra Fernandez. Today in our studios with me, I am joined by Liz and Shoni from the AKA Autonomous Social Center, and we're just going to talk about the types of events and activities that AKA offers and how people can get involved and contribute um, in either a small or large capacity. Um, So thank you so much for joining me, Liz and Shoni. Thank you. Um, So before we jump into it, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you kind of came to be involved um, with AKA Autonomous Social Center, please? I I sort of helped start it. Oh, amazing. (laughs) So, yeah. And it's uh, basically a space in town for um, autonomous, meaning uh, it's not not a space that advocates for um, political change. That advocates for um, massive, transformative change of society in a nonpartisan fashion. So it doesn't care about political parties or anything to do with the way the system is governed mm-hmm. or governance. It's impacted by governance. It can't completely ignore it, but it is yeah. the idea of the space is to escape. Uh, a specific logic of the state and governance in terms of coming up with responses to everyday life and things that are happening around us. And that's not a space that existed. There's not really ever that I know of been a space in my lifetime in this area where you could really engage in ideas that stayed in that realm. Mm -hmm. There will always be someone trying to pull you into some party politics right or get you to start a petition to ask the government for something and so this space was started to like have a very strong uh central concept that we're never going to do that so we're not going to get involved in parties we're not going to get involved in necessarily petitioning people to do anything that we're a space that's going to advocate for change without asking the government for things um, as much as possible and have that be our guiding principles. Awesome. And so it is a private space um, that has public interaction. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Great. Yeah. And Liz? Yeah. Um, I got involved, like, after it started, but I came kind of through Queens and meeting people here um, and through Oberg. I, like, met people involved in AK and then became involved that way. Yeah, it's been kind of a cool, like, haven away from um, really frustrating kind of, like, liberal politics in the town and kind of domineering spaces like that. And, and it's, like, really refreshing to do things that are, like, built by and for the people doing them. And mm-hmm. I think that's the greatest part about it. For sure, yeah. So, Shoni, you were saying that you kind of helped actually start AKA. Um, what was that process like, and why did you feel 
I guess, the need for a community space like that in the Kingston area. There was a campaign to start a space like AKA that goes back maybe four or five years before AKA started, and I was part of that, and then that died because it didn't go anywhere because everyone realized that the cost of real estate was too high to do anything. And so um, I just kept kind of going forward trying to convince people to do that project. And then uh, eventually uh, some people, well, one person who was able to, uh, you know, get the mortgage basically and start the place got involved. And then, uh, you know, a bunch of other people obviously were involved too. And uh, that person left after a year or so and we uh, incorporated and started. Um, so we, we're not we're not a nonprofit. Uh, we're a, we're a corporation um, like any other sort of small business. Um, and so we don't uh, get grants or like take money from the government or anything like that. We're self-sustaining. Okay. But um, that's how the place got started. I'm trying to remember the order of your question. Um, so that was probably the why why a space like that was needed was I think because there wasn't really a lot of places where you can have the kind of conversations that go outside of the bounds of um, you know party politics um, getting the state to fix things or uh, while, while also questioning and you know taking an adversarial position towards capitalism as like a, a you know the, the way to do things so deep questions of everything when you generally in town try and do that you know, one place or another eventually uh, people don't really want you to be around because you're not uh, helping uh, further their agenda. So everyone has, you know, most people have an agenda. They, people don't give you space for no reason. Mm-hmm. And so uh, when when you don't help further the agenda, then you tend to, like, have limited time in different places to organize. So mm-hmm. those are seen as basically we needed to start draw like-minded people who had those same critiques together in order to, like, create a base from which to uh, operate and to talk about those things. Um, And a big part of it was having a a very, you know, a space where we could have public events where people could come to have conversations about issues without the conversation and it being very clearly stated from the beginning that the conversation is not really going to be about how the government's going to fix things. Or how, um, you know, we just have to, like, find a different way of doing capitalism. But we're going to do a lot of experiments around what if the government, what if we did things without the government? What if we did things without this specific economic confines that are always suggested to be the only way to do things? Mm -hmm. And just have open, real open conversations about things, the kinds of which you don't really encounter very often. And so they've been fairly productive, I think. Um, so my next question for you is what type of events and or activities do you offer to the community in Kingston? Yeah, we, um, we've offered all kinds of events. We have dance parties and um, book launches and reading groups. 
Um, in the past, we've had different kind of free-form conversational events where we bring up a topic and kind of set the tone. Maybe we'll read something short and then, like, have the community discuss it. Mm-hmm. Um, and as they're open to whoever wants to be there. Um, we have a bookstore um, that you can come and preview books from um, and, like, peruse and have conversations with us. There's a volunteer there whenever we're open. Um, we recently started a free store. So people can come and, like, take what they need from the kind of stuff that we've gathered there, um, make donations if they want or can. Um, We do book sales. Um, What else do we do? We've been offering lots of free veggies recently. um, I've been seeing that on Facebook, yeah. (laughs) Which has been good through kind of the MAC uh, Mutual Aid Cataraqui Kingston Garden uh, Network. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, lots of kinds of events, and we're open to other kinds of events. Um, We've put zines out through the space. There's been kind of private food share events that people have organized, and um, the event is open to renting for private spaces or private events that are, um, yeah, but I don't know. (laughs) Um, And if people have never been to the AKA Autonomous Social Center, what can they kind of expect um, walking in and taking in the space? Yeah. Um, Well, there's lots of books on the walls. There's like a wall of posters that have been there for like, um, that are kind of a historical collection of radical events that have happened in the town. Um, Usually the people who are there will like want to talk to you and kind of figure out what what brings you to the space. Um, Yeah, we'll, uh, I don't know if there's comfy chairs. You make tea. Yeah, and right now during COVID, we also have a, a fairer amount of distance between um, where people sit. People have to wear masks. You have to sign in, um, like any other business. Um, those are the rules. So th- those rules happen in in inside AK at this time. Maybe sometime, hopefully, uh, that won't be the case. But that's that's what it is now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and what's the sort of importance of having a place like AKA in our community? I know you kind of touched on it earlier, but, um, why is it something that's, um, not only important, but also something that's needed? Uh, yeah, I can start. So I think the, like, the actual physical having of the space can't kind of be understated for the importance of, like, the groups that have come out of it and the conversations that have come out of it and the kind of political actions that have come out of the space because um, for years there was just a lack of, of physical space that made it very hard to organize. Um, so I think that's been a big part of it. It's also been a big learning space for people. Like we've, we've kind of been a stable um part of Kingston for a while now and people like it's a very transient community having Queens and and all the other schools in it um and so yeah we like to think of ourselves kind of as like a place where people learn and like um jump off from in some ways too Mm -hmm, definitely um yeah and like in terms of knowledge sharing like we've got resources like books and like zines and kind of historical records of stuff that's happened in Kingston and like people with lots of experience in kind of organizing. Um, Yeah, and I think it's just just really valuable to have a space where you can, like, have an imagination for things that are not um, capitalism and the state and to, like, be encouraged to think about those kinds of things and think about those things with other people in, like, a 
pro-social way in a way that's like um, less focused on judging people and more focused on kind of letting people learn and grow. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Great. And um, what would you say to someone who kind of wants to, um, you know, participate in this type of space, but maybe they feel a little bit like maybe they feel like they don't know too much about certain like ideologies or like they feel, let's say, a little bit less educated than some people or maybe just for lack of better wording, someone who doesn't feel like they're woke enough. Um, What would you say to someone um, if they're kind of nervous to step into that space, but they want to so they can learn more, but they're just a little bit intimidated, let's say? Yeah, I would say that like we have a no assholery rule in the space. So (laughs) we will like... Um, kind of abide by that and if someone's coming with intentions of being hurtful then um, we will address that but otherwise like we will not try and judge people for the language that they use and try and judge people for the ideas that they're like trying to get across and the ways that they're interacting with people and Mm so yeah I think we try and be really open in that way and and um, some of our events are pretty explicitly about like being a learning space and Mm -hmm. so allowing for discomfort and and um it's not necessarily all of our events are going to be safe kind of sanctuary spaces they're spaces that like we want to kind of trouble people's thinking and get people to like um expand their thought and you don't always have the right words for that Mm -hmm. so um i think yeah we, we really try and give people space for that while um, not letting people get away with just being jerks or like mm-hmm. not addressing harmful behavior within yeah. the space. Mm-hmm, definitely. Um, and how can people get involved in AKA or um, in a small or large capacity? And also, how can they contribute if you're like looking for donations, if anything, items, or just like in helping of like events, just anything? How can people yeah. participate? Um, I think people could go to um, events when they see them advertised. And I think coming to um, uh, Blue Heron Hours is a good good way to sort of meet people and to just sort of have conversations with people and, uh, you know, express what they're interested in doing or what they are doing. Um, I mean, we're not, you know, the end all be all of, of uh, ideas and action in town. So uh, we we don't know what's going on everywhere in town. We have no clue, and we don't really know what everyone is, uh, out there is is going through mm-hmm. or doing. Like for all I know, it could be something you know huge happening in the West End. I wouldn't know what's happening <laughs> whatsoever. To be honest, like, we're not really that plugged in. And the way we're very isolated now, all of us, uh, especially COVID's not make that any better. So just to, you know, uh, show up and uh, talk to people during, I think Blue Heron's the best interface during open hours to come and sort, okay. of, sort of talk to someone. And then if you don't get the feeling or answer you wanted, just keep coming back. <laughs> I mean, a lot of, a lot of life, in order to sort of get involved in things, you have to be a little persistent. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that that's a, a good thing to do is to just sort of try to work towards um, making connections with people. Um, sometimes that's, you know, so you have to put a little bit of work into that. And that's okay, like we're not going anywhere. 
right? Like, well, that's the whole point of it. It's like we stay there. You can keep showing up and being like, hey, I want to do something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I think that that's, uh, that's the way to go. That's, you know, when I start doing stuff or, you know, getting involved in things in other cities in here, that's how I got involved. I just kept showing up. Sometimes people didn't like me. <laughs> and that's okay. I just kept, you know, being like, well, I have something to offer. Mm-hmm. I have uh, thoughts. And I'm, uh, I feel like I'm in connection with the thing that you're talking about. But maybe we're miscommunicating or something, you know? And mm-hmm. sometimes that happens, so. Yeah. You just kind of push through things, if, uh, you know, in, in a respectful way. I don't know if that makes sense. Uh, that's awesome. Thanks. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and I think that's how everyone who's involved in AK has kind of, who didn't found it, has gotten involved, has just kind of kept showing up and, mm-hmm. and telling us what they're interested in. And if you come and tell us what you're interested in, we know where other people are doing that thing, then we'll try and plug you in. And, like, um, yeah, I think, yeah, that would be great. Awesome. Talk to us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and where are you folks located so people can come visit to talk more about these kinds of things, but also just to dr- visit, drop in um, to Blue Heron and stuff? Yeah. Yeah, so we're at 75 Queen Street. It's at Queen of Wellington. It's red and black. You can't miss it. And the door is up the ramp um, on the side of the building. And we're open 3 to 7.30 on Mondays and 5.30 to 7 on Thursdays. And then we also advertise online on Facebook, on Instagram. You can find us. Perfect. Um, Is there anything else that you'd like to add before we end off? I guess maybe sometimes people think that we are a public space, and we're not uh, a public space. And we don't get funded. We don't really have grants or get money from any government. So it's a... we're we're all volunteers um none of us make any money uh realistically we uh usually end up spending more money of our own to keep things going so i think that's an important thing for people to understand that it's like a if people are like there's not enough events so they don't happen fast enough well you know they happen as fast as we can do right and make them happen and that's sort of what it is you know um and help is always appreciated but it, um, no one's particularly asking for it either. <laughs> okay, great. All right, well, thank you so much for coming in and talking about um, AKA with me. You're listening to CFRC 101.9 FM. That was a great conversation that we had with Shoni and Liz of the AKA Autonomous Social Center. Again, folks, you can check them out at 75 Queen Street. They're the Red House with the accessible ramp. Um, They're part of Blue Heron Zine and Books. And yeah, be sure to check them out. Check out some of the events that they're having. You can go to their Facebook as well as their Instagram, AKA Autonomous Social Center. Um, And yeah, just support an amazing um, organization that we have here in the Kingston community. Um, just some news updates for you folks. It is officially Carbon Monoxide Awareness Week, and that is running until November 7th. And Kingston Fire and Rescue reminds you to keep your family safe by testing your carbon monoxide alarms and having all fuel burning appliances inspected. Um, 
Fire Inspector Del Blakeney says that in Ontario, more than 65% of injuries and deaths from carbon monoxide occur in the home. We want to make sure everyone is safe from CO. Um, carbon monoxide is often referred to as the silent killer because it is an invisible, tasteless, and odorless gas that can be deadly. CO is produced when fuels such as propane, gasoline, natural gas, heating oil, or wood do not burn completely in fuel-burning appliances and devices. Um, Blakeney says that these devices include furnaces, gas or wood fireplaces, hot water heaters, stoves, barbecues, portable fuel burning heaters or generators and vehicles. All fuel burning appliances should be inspected on an annual basis by a registered contractor. You can visit cosafety.ca to find a registered contractor near you. You must have a working CO alarm adjacent to each sleeping area of the home, said Blakely. He added that for extra protection, install a carbon monoxide alarm on every story of the home, according to manufacturer's instructions. For apartment buildings or condos, CO alarms must be placed in all units above, below, or adjacent to both the service rooms and garages. There are some symptoms of carbon monoxide, so exposure to CO can cause flu-like symptoms such as headache, nausea, dizziness, as well as confusion, drowsiness, loss of consciousness, and um, in really extreme cases, death. If your CO alarm sounds and you or other occupants suffer from symptoms of CO poisoning, you can get everyone out of the home immediately and then call 911 from outside the building. If your CO alarm sounds and no one is suffering from symptoms of CO poisoning, check to see if the battery needs replacing or the alarm has reached its end of life before calling a 911. You can prevent CO in your home by ensuring that fuel burning fire appliances, chimneys, and vents are cleaned and inspected annually. You can check that all of your outside appliance vents are not blocked. Gas and charcoal barbecues should only be used outside, away from all doors, windows, vents, and other building openings. Um, portable fuel burning generators should only be used outdoors in well-ventilated areas. Ensure all portable fuel burning heaters are vented properly. Never use the stove or oven to heat your home open the flu before using a fireplace for adequate ventilation and also remember to never ever ever run a vehicle or other fueled engine or motor inside a garage even if the garage doors are open always remove a vehicle from the garage immediately after starting it for more co safety tips you can visit cosafety.ca this Sunday, for the first time in nearly 18 months, the Kingston Symphony will perform for a live audience. A limited number of in-person tickets are now on sale for the second Masterworks concert of the 2021-2022 season, which will be performed this Sunday, November 7th at 2.30pm live from the Isabel Bader Center for the Performing Arts. In addition to the live performance, the concert will also be streamed live. The live stream will be broadcasted on the Kingston Symphony's YouTube channel on Sunday and will be available to view for up to 48 hours after the performance. Please see um, and listen for more for information on how to purchase tickets as well as what the orchestra will be performing. This Sunday, the concert explores the theme Greatness from Small Things and features Gounod's Petite Symphony, Mozart's Symphony No. 25, and Schubert's Symphony No. 6. Although written for a small orchestra, each of these symphonies showcases the composers at the height of their craft. Gounod, Mozart, and Schubert have written masterworks that represent, without question, some of the very best. In describing his musical choices for this concert, maestro Evan Mitchell urged audiences not to be fooled by the size of pieces being performed. He says that these pieces are absolutely powerhouses, and I think they represent some of the finest compositions that these three composers ever created. I have no doubt you're going to be humming the tunes from these pieces for days after the concert. They've certainly been earworms for me. 
Kingston Symphony musicians too are very eager to perform to a live audience once again. Principal Oboe Melissa Scott stated that she's most excited to perform Gnode's Petite Symphony. She explained that she hasn't played it since her undergraduate degree, so it will be a different experience, especially playing it on stage with all the talented woodwind players in the Kingston Symphony. A few tickets are available to attend in person and an unlimited number available to access the concert online. In-person tickets are $40 each and live stream tickets are $15 each, both plus HST. They can be purchased online at kingstonsymphony.ca or by calling the Isabel box office at 613-533-2424. There is a Kingston community update from Mayor Patterson. What takes place at Kingston City Council meetings? What's new in the community and what important decisions are being made? And Mayor wants to share these stories. Um, if you have any thoughts um, on certain topics, such as the Confederation Basin Promenade, the um, potential cleanup of the Kingston's Inner Harbor, um, the labor shortage, the economic recovery team, you can connect with him by email via um, at mayor at cityofkingston.ca. Um, so be sure to uh, get involved in your community and to participate and have your voice be heard. Remembrance Day will be observed with the live stream civic ceremony on Wednesday, November 11th. It is also a municipal holiday and a list of municipal schedule changes follow the details of the civic ceremony. To help residents observe Remembrance Day in a meaningful way, the city's 2021 civic ceremony will be live streamed again from Memorial Hall beginning at 10.45 a.m. The ceremony will be live closed caption. Due to COVID-19 and the need to verify that participants are vaccinated, the ceremony is by invitation only and is closed to the general public. But if you'd like to still show your support for those who have made the ultimate sacrifice, you can purchase a wreath or poppy from the Royal Canadian Legion and watch the civic ceremony live stream at youtube.com slash the city of Kingston. This year, Memorial Hall will be open to the public for wreath viewing by appointment. Those who are interested in paying their respects and placing a poppy on the people's wreath are invited to do so from Monday, November 8th to Wednesday, November 10th from 9am to 4pm. To make an appointment, please email Emily Hatchett, who's the Assistant Supervisor of Special Events, E. H-A-T-C-H-E-T-T-E at cityofkingston.ca. In lieu of the community, military, and veterans group wreath-laying ceremonies, all wreaths will be pre-placed and on display in Memorial Hall for the Civic Service of Remembrance. To order a wreath, please um, contact Meryl Gooderham, Poppy Chair at the Royal Canadian Legion at 613-544-5522. Those are all the news updates I have for you folks. Before we end off um, today in YGK, I want to tell you that it is CFRC's funding drive. We started our annual 16th funding drive as of this past Monday, November 1st, and it is running all the way up until December 31st, 2021. CFRC is hoping to raise $25,000 this year to upgrade our recording studio equipment for use by our volunteers and the artists that we have in the community. Um, please consider a gift of $50 or more because access to modern studio equipment is critical for top-notch programming as well as to help local artists gain access to affordable recording spaces. You can donate now by going to cfrc.ca slash donate now and you can get a tax receipt on your donation and you can also call our pledge line at 613-533-CFRC. Um, we also have some amazing silent auction items for giveaway. You can go to our Instagram page at CFRC Radio, check out our week one bundle that we have auctioning off. 
It has a book called Poets and Killers, A Life in Advertising, which is a super quirky novella by um, an author. We have a $35 gift card to Kingston Frameworks, a $20 gift card to Spearhead Brewing Company, and some really cute sterling silver skull earrings and tinted Windsor glasses from Waddle Eyewear in Kingston. The starting bid is $40, and all you have to do to bid is just... Uh, put the price that you want um 40 or more under the post um and to outbid someone just write something higher underneath their post and whoever has the highest bid at 6 p.m on sunday november 7th wins um items can be picked up at cfrc or dropped off at your convenience so be sure to check out at cfrc radio for our auction items and also go to cfrc.ca slash donate now if you'd like to donate anything anything helps and we just thank you so much for supporting our funding drive and supporting cfrc 101.9 FM. Thank you also for tuning in to Today in YGK. I'm Alexandra Fernandez. Have a lovely rest of your Wednesday and have a great week as well. Thank you for listening to Today in YGK, produced with the generous support of the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences at CFRC 101.9 FM at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario, on the traditional lands of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples.